Well, for those of you who have not seen the movie in that clip, or if it had been a few years, that is from the popular Pixar animated film that came out in 1995. In some ways, it's hard to believe, if you're familiar with that movie, it's been that many years. The story, Toy Story. And some of us may have grown up on Toy Story, or we may have watched Toy Story with our children and our grandchildren. We may still be watching it. Or the subsequent sequels, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3 or Toy Story 4 is in the making. And as I mentioned to the kids in the children's message, Toy Story is a tale about the secret lives of a little boy's toy named Andy. And whenever Andy leaves his room, a whole new world opens up. And the toys become alive. They talk with one another. You have Woody the Cowboy and Jesse the Cowgirl and T-Rex the Dinosaur and you have Ham the Piggy Bank, and I could go on. You could tell how many times I watched that with my kids when they were younger. But one day, a new toy comes along. It is Andy's birthday, and he gets a Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger dial, and that is all the buzz. And as I demonstrated for the kids in the children's message, he comes with lights and lasers and bells and whistles. And he's really the big kingpin now among the toys. And he's a little full of himself, and he really believes he is a superhero, a space ranger that's on a mission, and he needs to get back to the mother spaceship. Well, as we begin this Advent season and our Advent Sunday sermon series titled, not surprisingly, Toy Story, we prepare our hearts once again to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what this upcoming Christmas season is all about. So today we're going to ask the question, so what is all the buzz about? Now unlike Buzz Lightyear's entry into the Toy Story movie which we saw and into the life of Andy and Woody, the long-awaited Messiah, the promised Savior, Jesus Christ, the babe of Bethlehem, entered this world in the most unroyal, in the most humble of origins, without the glitz and the lights and the laser and the fanfare of a space ranger superhero. From our gospel text today that Jenny read, Matthew chapter 1, we're going to pick up the first part of that text at verse 18. And these are familiar words. They're read every year, but they're words I really want you to focus on as we reread them. Because they're miraculous words. They're familiar, but they tell of the miraculous origin of this season and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Matthew records, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with the child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. As we enter Advent today, as we begin our preparations for Christmas, I think we increasingly live in a time and an age in our society where we grow more skeptical all the time. We question more and more things. We question events and motives, and results, and promises, and emails, and offers. And I think we also, sadly, question whether there are still miracles today. I was just reading this past week, and and I hope this is not a true statistic, 
but it was a recent survey of American Christian religious belief and practices, and it stated in our country today among Christians, not the population as a whole, but among American Christians, 78% of believers in our country today do not any longer believe in miracles, that God can do such things. And the story we're going to look at today is the miraculous story, the conception and the birth of Jesus. And on the one level, it almost seems impossible. Perhaps to some, it seems more like a Pixar animated movie. But the Bible tells us that the birth of Jesus was something that was planned even before the world was created. The Bible tells us that that little baby boy lying in a manger, an animal feeding trough, was actually God, the long-awaited-for Messiah. Do we believe it? Do we believe that baby was God incarnate, the Word made flesh? This kind of seems outrageous. Then there's the part in our text today about Mary. Mary being a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus. According to the Bible, Mary had never been with a man. And yet she became pregnant. Try using that one on your fiancé or your parents. Seems too impossible to be true. But do we believe it today? If we're not ready to believe the impossible once again this Advent season, then we're not really going to get ready for Christmas. We need to get ready this Advent season. We need to prepare our hearts. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to prepare the hearts of others who are very skeptical, who have no clue to the improbable truth, the good news that God loved us that much that he sent his only son into this world at Christmas. We need to help them prepare to believe the impossible by the power of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, today we're going to look at the story of the origin of the birth of Jesus through the eyes of a very unbuzz light year like character. We're going to look at it through the unsung lenses and the point of view of Joseph. We're going to see how Joseph, not at first, but eventually came to believe the impossible. Now, a little background on Joseph. Joseph was a carpenter, lived in Nazareth, and Nazareth at that time was a very small town, not much significance in the scheme of the area or certainly in the scope of the world. Scholars believe at that time Nazareth may have literally only consisted of a few acres, at the most perhaps 100 or 200 people. But this young, poor carpenter Joseph was engaged to a young, poor virgin girl named Mary. Now, back then, engagement was a much bigger deal than it, was, than it is in our culture today. Today, people more freely enter into and break off engagements. But back then, it was permanent. That is, an engagement would only be broken via a divorce. So when you were engaged, you were legally hitched. Now, you would not start living and be married as husband and wife till after the wedding ceremony. But once you became engaged... You were committed. You were hitched. But something happened to Joseph. He noticed his fiancée Mary was acting a little nervous, acting a little strange, and then she decided to go off for a couple months and visit an older relative, Elizabeth, who happened to be pregnant and, of course, gave birth to John the Baptist. When she returned home, Joseph uh, Joseph noticed something different about his fiancée. Mary was pregnant. Mary tells him the following story. She says, Joseph, honey, I got visited by an angel. I'm pregnant, but I'm still a virgin. The Father is the Holy Spirit. 
That baby, I already know the sex, it's going to be a boy. Uh, we don't need to worry about picking out a name. Its name is going to be Jesus. And finally, honey, hang on. He's the pr- promised Messiah, the Savior of the world. Can you picture Joseph's reaction? That's a lot to swallow, a lot to process, to believe. Joseph struggled to believe this, not surprisingly, and we probably can't blame him on this one. Verse 19 of our text, it says, Joseph was a righteous man. He was a godly man. He was a good man, and he didn't want to hurt Mary. But on the other hand, he didn't want to marry a girl that he thought had been unfaithful to him. So his plan, as Scripture says, was to divorce her quietly, Uh, save her from being dragged through the court system, spare her from the embarrassment and the probable stoning to death as an adulteress. His plan was just to file some paperwork, so to speak, quietly divorce her and be on his way. Would you or I have believed Mary if we were in Joseph's situation, if we were walking in his sandals? Seems kind of far-fetched. Would we have been skeptical of virgin birth, pregnant by the Holy Spirit, And that baby's the Messiah that we've been waiting centuries for. Joseph, not surprisingly, struggled. He doubted, and it seemed impossible to believe. Then one night the angel came to Joseph. Verse 20. The angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, the angel saying, your fiancé's story is true. Believer, virgin birth, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, the angel went on to say, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now, no ultrasound's going to be needed. They don't need to rush out and determine the sex of the baby. It's already been determined. They didn't have to go out on Black Friday and try to find a book of baby names at Barnes & Noble. Or on Cyber Monday, coming up tomorrow, go on Amazon.com and get that proverbial fun book of names to look through. Because it's been given. His name will be Jesus, the Hebrew version of, of the name Joshua. Both names meaning the Lord saves. And this little baby, this little baby Jesus, will save his people from their sins. That's his mission. He's a spiritual superhero, a Messiah, the Son of God. Now, this almost seemed too good to be true. Verse 22, a virgin birth conceived by the Holy Spirit to save the world. But this all took place to fulfill what the Old Testament prophet Isaiah had said 700 years earlier in the Old Testament text that Jenny read today, Isaiah 7, 14, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, God incarnate, the Word made flesh. Now, Joseph needed a visit from an angel. He was not about to believe this outrageous story without some divine prompting and aid. He did what the angel told him. He was obedient to God. And in verse 24, he took Mary and married her. A few months later, God, true to his word, the babe of Bethlehem came, and Joseph, his stepfather, was there. The truly impossible had happened. Let's look at our second video clip now from Toy Story. In that section of Toy Story, you sort of feel bad for Buzz, don't you? He finds out the news, the shattering disappointment that he's not really a space ranger superhero. He really doesn't have a mission. He's a toy. All the Buzz is gone. 
the lights and the whistles and all the glitz surrounding his entry, it really doesn't mean anything. It's impossible for him to be a superhero. There's no mother spaceship to go back. He's a plastic toy. But the good news this season is that the impossible happened with Jesus, our superhero. He had a mission. And isn't that Christianity in many ways? Believing the impossible will become possible. Believing the impossible that God so loved this world, that he loved you and me, every person who has ever lived or will live, all sinners, all needing a Savior. He loved this fallen world so much that he sent his only son into this world to be born, as I said, in the most unroyal and humble of origins, to literally be placed in an animal feeding trough in a little town called Bethlehem, to be born to a virgin girl of humble background, and to have a stepfather in Joseph and a birth mother in Mary who believed that the impossible was possible with God. And he grew up to live that perfect life that you and I can't lead, to suffer and die the death that we deserve on the cross. And we rose on Easter morning. He declared it mission accomplished. And those who believe in him will live with him forever in heaven someday. And all the buzz this season is not because we're so good. Not because we deserve it. But because God is so good. God is faithful to his mission and his love and his promises. And he's so abounding in grace. Believing the impossible is possible. That's what the buzz is all about this Advent season. As we prepare once again to celebrate Christmas. And what that first coming of Christ means in our lives. And what his love and presence in our lives really means. And during Advent we not only prepare and remember that first coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago but we prepare for when he'll come again. Because God the Father was faithful to his promises that first time he sent his son. And God is faithful and he will send his son again. And when he does, all who believe in him, because what he has done for us, will live in heaven forever. The impossible becomes possible. That's what all the buzz is about this Advent season. In the name of our Advent King, amen.